there is like boxes of open power bars in the office. And you're like, is this really an off? This is like an intimidation room. Yeah. Is that a protein milkshake mustache you have? <laughs> uh, and he goes, uh, let me see. He goes, he goes, let me, let me, let me see. Uh, let me see. Let me see. So you've never come here. He goes, you've never, <laughs> you've never come. I'm like, correct. I go, I've never come. I'm not going to, and I want to just get out of my contract. And he's like, don't you care about your body? <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. And I know it ain't right, and I know it ain't right. And I know you shouldn't take this advice, but make sure you're really drunk when you drive and walk on some glass with no shoes on and don't pay for your meal. Dining dash. This one, this is the weirdest one, was uh, January 6th during the insurrection. Remember that? Yeah, I, yeah. People did things to the Capitol. Did they, you watch it? I didn't watch it live. I, I saw like the the after effects. I got a call in the morning from my uh, brother in law, and he's like, "D, you gotta check out what's happening at the Capitol." I'm like, "Ah, it's not a big deal." He goes, "No, there's a lot of people." I'm like, "Ah, it's not that many people." <laughs> Come on. And uh, he's like, "It looks serious." So I turned it on. And I was like, "Holy shit!" And then I was just on it all day long because I don't have a real job. And then, yeah. Uh, Halfway through, I got so because a lot of those dudes looked like me, kind of. Oh, and I, halfway through, because my beard was like that, and halfway through, I went to the bathroom. I just grabbed it up and I just fucking cut it right across. So I'm like, Hell, "Fuck you!" Yeah, I don't can't know. be associated. My response to the insurrection. Yeah, fuck it's, it's, my beard. It's your form of protest. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like in uh, Judaism, like uh, there's a thing called uh, like rendering. So like yeah. when somebody dies, you tear your clothes. No shit. Like all of them are just the ones you're wearing. Well, I don't know how it originally started. You know, I mean, how does anything start? It might have been one fucking, you know, person that just ripped up all their, but like, so now you're just like, you rip a little bit of your clothes. Okay. Cause that would yeah. suck. Like not only do you lose like a, like a family friend, but you could also lose your favorite shirt. <laughs> I just say commit. Like if you're going to, if you're going to render, eh, rip, rip all your clothes. Like this Absolutely. is a side note, but like uh, on Easter, um in the philippines yeah actually or maybe it's good friday on good friday in the philippines they actually nail people to crosses no shit and like that's like that's commitment no like, you're do something like do it all the way i know? mean that's just andy kaufman level <laughs> just commitment to the lord yeah i don't think there's any i don't think there's any comedy involved no. I, I would imagine if you were at one of those, uh, you know, crucifixions in the Philippines on Good Friday, no. nobody's laughing. But also, <laughs> you look at a lot of Andy Kaufman stuff, people weren't exactly laughing then either. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what were they? I mean, I, I saw Andy. Oh, here. I saw Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Um, I, I lived in a, I lived in northern Jersey. So we would go to New York City and get tickets for Saturday Night Live the way the way it worked, Mike, was you go early, like early in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning, and you wait yeah. outside NBC Studios, and then they give you numbers, and then you come back at night, and then if your number's called, you get into the show. And um, so we, I, I got tickets for the dress rehearsal because they do a live dress rehearsal right before they do the TV. Uh, Practically the same thing. Uh, it wasn't because online <laughs> was Andy Kaufman, and he. He came out uh, in a uh, turban and then he put on a opera record and then he pushed him. He planked he <laughs> up. So he was planking and then he lip synced the opera record. And this guy behind me, he's like, this isn't funny. And I was like, shut the fuck up. You <laughs> fucking cunt. Yeah. You don't know. I'm art. I'm sorry. That's what I say when I'm in New Jersey. <laughs> I get, hey, it's Jersey. Now it it's wrong. But I was just very angry at this guy. Like, you don't get it. Yeah. You don't, you don't either, understand. You either, either got it or you didn't. But so I, I rush back home and I go to, I watch it on TV and Andy Kaufman's not on it. And then the next week, Dick Ebersole, the guy in charge, he went on, he goes, you know, we don't think Andy Kaufman's act is up to the standards of SNL anymore. <laughs> And we're going to do a, a, sur or a survey, call yeah. this number, he stays on, stay, call this number. If they're going to ban him. They do this all on the Man in the Moon movie. But, and so he got voted off the show. Yeah, <laughs> one of like the seven people get banned. Yeah, I know. And by, by the audience. 
yeah. audience voted him off. Damn, would you um, prove But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think like all comedy, right? You either get it or you don't get it. Absolutely. It's not for everybody. Yeah, not everything is for everybody. And, and he, it's kind of the same thing of getting nailed to a cross. Not for <laughs> everybody. <laughs> right i wonder if that's a lottery or people volunteer or how do you get how do you get to be the guy i mean you think at that level it's kind of like an honor like it you think you know everyone kind of wants to do it yeah like every person who has carries the flag in front of the class when people say the pledge of allegiance <laughs> do people say the pledge of allegiance anymore i have no idea not have... not anymore uh really hmm. when i went to school it was like an option like you could they gave you an option to like sit down during it if you wanted to right and oh, now wow. i now i think it's just it's completely out wow now they now they sing dua lipa before every class oh wow i don't know what that is <laughs> what is that i think it's a tiktok singer oh yeah i don't uh yeah i, don't. I did tiktok uh for a little bit and uh i dropped off again like ripping your clothes getting nailed to crosses <laughs> andy kaufman tiktok not for everybody <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i i i uh i like i mean t- i like here's what i do i said to somebody i said to brian snyder local younger comedian yeah. young, young blood he uh I, I was like i'm on tiktok and then he scorned me like i was some <laughs> sort of pervert and i'm like whatever man i don't know i put pictures i put videos of my dog people liked and yeah um but uh wait speaking of dogs my dog's out there barking uh which you know I like, but the neighbors don't. Mm-hmm. I think I think she stopped. I, I it's kind of like left. the smells of your own farts. You like it. <laughs> Other people do not. <laughs> um, sometimes I don't like my own fart. I mean, have I mean everyone I think's had a couple of farts where they're like, oh, that's bad. Yeah, it depends on the diet. Depends yeah. what you're eating. What I found. Fa- what I found. Side note: I've been flying lately, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't like to fly next to babies, and I like it. Because you can just fart the entire airplane. <laughs> Blame it on the, it's the baby. Oh, for sure. Oh, you, guys, you guys smell that? Ah, fucking children. Have you been feeding this baby cigarettes and Mexican pizzas? <laughs> What's going on? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, all, I mean, oh, so what was I going to say? So you, you oh, here's, what, here's what I Here's the, what the old man watches mm-hmm. on TikTok or Instagram videos. Magic. I'm just addicted. I watch, I have like, I just watch magic all the time. Mad people doing magic tricks. I, um, I watched a, a documentary about a blind card magician last night. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. Blind. The sleight of hand. The sleight of hand. I mean, that's the thing for TikTok and the Instagram. It's all very, it's all very close up magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there's this guy, I forget his name. It's called, his name's like Dumnini or something, like a magician <laughs> name. You know, it's the great Dumnini. Yeah. He, he shows you how to do magic tricks, uh, but uh, the very simple sleight of hand stuff. But yeah. I love, I don't know. That's what I do. I, it's how I spend my time. Magic is I, so you know. cool, but I feel like there's no in between, in between like a magic that like, like a super nerdy magic guy you don't yeah. want to be around and magic being so cool. Yeah, well, there. I mean, the thing is, there are some people that are super annoying. But I, uh, there's this one guy. He's Australian. So yeah. first of all, his accent fucking dominates. And it's beautiful. He's super great. The sleight of hands, like amazing. And uh, I really, I, I think he may be Satan. I don't know. Some of these <laughs> stuff, so like that's yeah. not a trick. Yeah, he channels the demonic <laughs> lizard people for sure. Uh, but that's just a uh, that's just a whistle for uh, Jews. That's beautiful. <laughs> you know, little that. horns under that. I only have I, I the only dar I have is Judar and uh <laughs> and, and people don't pick up on it I get it you know but all that man like my buddy I have a, some QAnon friends and they're like look the liberal left Hollywood elite people like Tom Hanks are cannibals eating like little grind, grind <laughs> Christian babies for their you know whatever penal yeah. land and they're all run by the you know reptilian overlords and I'm like every single thing you just said is anti-Semitic. Like every, everything you just said, every one of those things is a dog whistle. Oh, 100%. Well, um, there is a are channel. You, what, are you, what are you, Mike? Armenian? Armenian? I, I don't know. I'm a mix. I'm mostly Nordic, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nordic descent. Yeah. Yeah. One of those uh, Armenian Vikings. <laughs> um, 
I uh Vice, they're not Vice, but a guy does Channel Five. He used to like he goes around in the van. He does all he goes to all these weird conventions, and people just makes fun of these people. And they went to a flat earther convention, all anti-Semitism. Like that's yeah. all it is. Yeah, yeah, it's some sort of like uh you know back when uh they were campaigning for Nixon and they kind of invented the Southern strategy where they're like. We're just going to take everyone that's anti-Semitic and racist and try to put them into one group as a voting block. <laughs> um, and uh, somehow now, and that was like the 60s, right? So for, for at least 70 years, that's a long period of time, uh, the sure. whatever, whoever, the Steve Bannons of this country have just trying to consolidate the hate block as, yeah. voting, as voters. And so, I mean, they're really good at it right now. And over the last you know, definitely since Trump, but before that too. And for sure, you know, uh, like uh, I think during the Bush era, they really, you know, under Cheney, they really started focusing on those fringe conspiracy people and realizing a lot of people who like spend time in the basement just thinking about conspiracy theories are also fucking anti-Semitic racists. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They can fit it in there. And if they aren't, they can lead them pretty easily. Yeah. You know who I haven't found to be anti-Semitic and racist is the like the the true alien devotees, like the people who think they've been abducted, and because they're so focused, their conspiracy is so focused on alien abduction. It's and pyramids and anal probes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there is that. There is that. Well, I did a I did a, a deep dive story for the paper here where I went yeah. to Alien Con, the uh -huh. Alien Convention in Sacramento. And uh, or San Jose, and yeah. my goal, I went with the goal of finding abductees, and that's why that's that was a, the thrust of the story. For and sure. I found them. I found I they're was, out uh, there. I was like an, an attractor or something. Like I just <laughs> ran into them immediately. Immediately, the first dude. I'm like, you know, because it's like I'm kind of you know. I don't think you could be creepy at Alien Con. Like, there's no way to like, oh, that guy's a creep. It's it's everyone's kind of you know. For about sure. Aliens. Aliens are creepy. You're on the fringe already. Aliens are the OG creeps, you know, that one hiding, watching, you don't know what they're they always want. there. They got Bad weird intentions. pickle and fingers. I, said, I was like, dude, have you been abducted? And he's like, yeah. I go, he goes, like, let me, <laughs> so he goes, let me show you this video. And he showed me videos. And then uh, that. Uh, what were the videos of? He had videos. They were really um, poor, like, he had videos of the UFO, which are never good. This is a dot in the sky. And it's, yeah. And then he had videos of him on board the uh, spaceship. And it looked like he was inside saran wrap and everything was very fuzzy. Yeah. Um, but then more people. I had a whole group of people that I started walking around with. And Damn. it was like hanging out with the Ghostbusters. Like these people, there was no qualms about these. Yes, men in black. <laughs> The um, the Nord there's the Nordic yeah. you're one of them but the, I don't know if you're tall enough because they're very the Nordic aliens oh I'm five eleven so I, I might be a, a tad short oh, you're five eleven you might be yeah you might be a contender I don't know there's the Nordic aliens there's all the different it was a strange yeah. it was a weird it would suck to like like be going to the alien con you want this yeah. attention so you you orchestrate this whole alien abduction plan you've got the whole story set. And then you're ready. You're ready to say, hey, I got abducted. And you say yeah. it. And then the guy next to you also says it. Yeah. It's like yawning. <laughs> yeah. then, but you can't you can't call him on. He can't start poking yeah. holes in his story because the people yeah. are going to start looking at your story. There is no there is a lot of infighting amongst the uh, inner is core disciples. Yeah. It's like as a comedy. It's like the comedy scene. You know, <laughs> oh, that guy. You know, his abduction stories so got some holes yeah. in it, you know, poor construction. Yeah. That guy's a hack. You know, but me, my story, I mean, the the, the UFOs circle my house. I mean, <laughs> it was it was that level of belief. And I don't and, and these people were super nice. I they really I had no yeah. like these people are you know, not good people. They all seem like good people. For sure. Um, and then I did have a weird thing happen there, which was um so, all right, I said to the guy, I said to one of the guys, who's a guy I actually, who I know, who's a speaker at AlienCon, has written some books. And I was like, I go, so just explain it to me. I go, 
there's the bad aliens, there's the good aliens, which are which ones on our side? You know, do we have to worry about yeah. them? I was asking them general layman alien questions. For sure. You're run of the mill alien questions. Yeah, like what you know, and so he said that our our species was genetically engineered by the good aliens, actually. Okay. But there's a, it's like, uh, there's this guy, Zachariah Sitchin. I don't know if you heard of him, but he came up with the planet X theory where there's another planet in our solar system we can't see because it's behind the sun. But it was here 36,000 years ago. And that's when they. they Is there a crossover between this and Scientologists? Uh, I like Scientology because they do talk about aliens. Right. Um, but apparently the, the leader of Scientology killed his wife. I was going down a rabbit hole. No shit. And he was also the best man at uh, Tom Cruise's wedding. So all this like top gun money is going right to Scientology. Oh, like, big you time. Even, like, you can't even go to the movie theater anymore if I was supporting some far right <laughs> radical religious cause. Yeah, just buying up property like fucking hotcakes. Yeah. I So I said, so he goes, originally good, but then the planet X the aliens on that planet they were fighting and so the bad aliens came through like a warm i don't fucking know but now the bad aliens are around they didn't always used to be around yeah and i said and this is a deep cut but you may not know but i said oh that's like the sleazak in land of the lost who found like a tunnel to our you know our existence yeah and he's like exactly and i turned around and I'm in front of the autograph. Do you know what Land of the Lost is? They did a remake with Will Ferrell that wasn't very good. Yeah, um, I think that's the only one I saw. Yeah, there was a, the TV show I kind of grew up on. But yeah. I turn around at this alien con and there's a row of autograph booths. It's yeah. the thing that goes to all the conventions. It's like B-list actors who go to these booths and they for sure. sign autographs for 25, 30 bucks. And I was I was standing in front of the Land of the Lost booth. It's <laughs> from a TV show who are now like eighty. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, wait a minute. I was just talking about Land of the Lost, and now the actual fucking people from the show are behind me. And so I was like, did I see that when I walked in, or how did? What was that? It was a very coinky. Did you manifest it? Who knows? Very coinky dinky. Yeah. And, uh, I have the. Cool. There's like also kind of the middle ground of like the magicians. If people say they there's like no possibility of no aliens, yeah. like that's crazy. But then yeah. also when there's like in depth, they know exactly where these aliens are and what they're doing. That's also crazy. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't understand farts. Like I don't understand <laughs> like somebody farts. I smell it. The person next to me doesn't like, how do they travel through space? Like I don't, so there's no way I'm going to understand time travel and alien technologies. There's no way. The, I don't understand the basic things. I don't get the different, there's different kinds of glass, I guess. Some you can heat up, <laughs> some you can't. That makes no sense to me. I want to go simple. I want to think about the, the menu at Bubba Gump's. Don't get the spinach dip. I know that now. <laughs> yeah i mean so i mean i think well i think one of the hardest things to to really if you're really going to try to think some utopic whatever you know parallel dimension or whatever you know so you're trying to like focus on something that isn't yet you know so the, the world of possibilities is wide open yeah i think the hardest thing to think about is a uh, potential future for our planet and us right now that works out and is a positive it's going great like there's just water slides everywhere everyone's high-fiving there's no wars you don't sure. have to worry about the that's, ozone <laughs> i mean i love water slides what a world loves water slides yeah there's an applebee's on every single corner <laughs> right i mean yeah. like i don't know i was thinking about this today like the amplification of the voice of the far right is so loud in our, our media sphere. Mm -hmm. And also just what people talk about. So people talk about what they hear on TV or the radio or podcast or whatever. And it's also negative. And it's like, you know, whether we're talking about, uh, you know, the melting ice caps or we're talking about- uh, Green you know, M&Ms. The debt, yeah. Or, you know, why are those red M&Ms so sexy? <laughs> why, <laughs> do we so wanna, hot? why do we want to fuck candy? Yeah. Um, and uh, 
it's all there. But when you try to, where's the flip? Where's the loud voice of the flip side of things working out of a potential like unification or peace or what would that world would look like? There's no voice for it. I don't hear it anywhere. I don't um, think people and, want to listen to it. I don't think people like hearing. Like people want to hear good things, but I don't think people are will stay listening. People want to hear the bad shit, and that keeps them like kind of plugged in to the to the news system. Right. I mean, but that, I mean, by 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 design. I mean, yellow journalism. I mean that they realized early on, you know, the murder cells, and and so I mean, again, 60, 70 years of indoctrination into this is what is you know culturally appropriate you know when we we ingest media is to hear about murder and rape and you know lifetime channels just dedicated to it (laughs) but we're you know who is the guy what's the guy's name from uh the office that uh steve carell no it's the guy that became like the uh jason Bourne. nice thought jason Bourne. oh um yeah his name is jim in the show and his name is um not it's not Paul Giamatti. No, um, it's not Elliot. Know. Not Elliot Gould. Um, <laughs> no, I, feel like, no. I feel like I'm so close here. Uh, Felix Unger. No. Um, <laughs> uh, Any Husky during quarantine, he had like a little show from his uh, living room where he. Yeah. Um, is his name John something? Uh, John Carax. Krunsky. There's there's a K and a V in there. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah cervix and he uh his show was called the good news network and so it was my wife loved it so it was like 30 minutes or whatever his episode was good news good news and it was like it was okay yeah it still still wasn't like i don't know where's the fucking what happened to kamala harris like where there's no what aoc remember aoc what is she up to she just got married why is that in the news? Why? Yeah. To where, who? How come none of the, you know, Elizabeth Warren, where are these people who were so vocal under Trump? Mm-hmm. We got to fight this shit. And now we have Biden. They're like, eh, no, I'll get married. Whatever. Here's, I, my, here's my registry. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to marry, gonna marry Joe Thornton from the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> are we going to try to fix things? Yeah. Like what? what, did I, what and, again, and again, what would that even look like? Where to fit? We're gonna make things better. Absolutely, oh. I I do I do like feel good stories. That's why I exclusively watch the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> <laughs> it's just people falling in love, just Christians yeah. falling in love during Christmas. Yeah, yeah. No, it's always like uh, she's a she's a uh, wasp from Connecticut who has to <laughs> go down to a ranch in Texas <laughs> and take it over because her stepfather died. Now she's a she's a cowboy girl learning yeah. about the of like. They're all she, like that. She works too much, but John, <laughs> the field hand, really teaches her how to let loose. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. She's smart. He's dumb. What do they have in common? <laughs> this summer, pregnancy scare. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've watched so many. I've watched uh, Heartland. My, there was a point when I was still trying to impress my wife. Uh, I'd, wa- I'd watch her TV shows with her. Yeah. Now that I know she likes me, I, the pressure's off. But You don't have I mean, to. I don't have to anymore. But I watched all Heartland, uh, like eight, 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 12 seasons of Women with Horses in Canada. <laughs> Hell I, yes. That sounds I beautiful. Watched, I watched like seven seasons of McLeod's Daughters about women in Australia with horses. A lot of women and horses. A lot of women, a lot of horse shows. Yeah. I do that. Well, I don't go into, like, I'll watch a show with my girlfriend and I don't expect, like, I don't want to get into it. But by the end, by the middle of Love Island, I'm invested. (laughs) (laughs) Are Finn and Paige going to make it to the end of the season? I don't know. (laughs) I was just in New Jersey last week with my 80 year old sister. Yeah. And she watches daytime TV. I've never, I haven't seen daytime TV in a hundred years. And uh, we're watching Price is Right. And she's like, Jim, uh, Drew Carey's so funny. I'm like, really? I go, he's just standing there. He looks, he looks, you know, he lost a lot of weight when he got the show. But now the weight's coming back. I'm like, Drew, he looks good. He looks slim. And the beard. I don't know about the beard. Like, that's, it's like not, it's like the show is not even interesting. It's the commentary 
Oh, for sure. Has he, on every show. You're watching the man who lost weight and then gained the weight back, and he's going. You can kind of tell what he's going through behind the scenes. It's the drama of Drew Carey. Yeah, yeah. She and she's like, "Watch this." I'm like, "What am I watching?" She's like, "The contestants don't hug anymore. They don't <laughs> hug them because of COVID." I'm like, "Oh, that's a that's a pretty yeah. good insight there." Yeah. They also don't love them anymore. It's like <laughs> it's like a father when the son eats all of his gummy bears, you know. <laughs> no more yeah. hugs for you, Johnny. You with all the Reds. <laughs> There's a Bay Area comedian. This guy, Dro uh, Josh Androsky, who moved to LA. Yeah. And he went to go to the prices right. And um, he, you know, just a hot, you know, you're in LA, you can go watch a TV show, but sure. he um, did mushrooms. And then when he went there, and then he got picked. No, so you can, you can, you can, uh, you can search this on YouTube. So Drew Carey's like, what do you, you know, what do you do? You know, you come on, you know, you, you're yeah. within uh, whatever, come on up, you won. He's like, yeah. so what do you do, Josh? He goes, uh i'm a uh, skateboarding rabbi <laughs> and uh, if you search skateboarding rabbi prices right you can see the yeah. whole clip, and you realize at a certain point drew carter Car is like this guy's high as fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny yeah that's fucking hilarious how do we save this yeah how well, do we i make mean i think i think he was like relieved i mean because it's, it's like oh man so i mean because you hear like yeah, Steve Harvey, you're like, what a good, what a good gig. What a good gig that is. I mean, the money's fantastic. I think whatever. It's, it's probably not even yeah. nine to five. You know, it's probably less hours than that. And For sure. It's all like cookie cutter. So you, you know, so, but what a grind. I mean, if you were a comedian, a stand-up comedian who thrived on the chaos of like doing shows and now mm -hmm. you're in a sterile envi environment and just reading the cue cards. I don't know. It seems like I it's mean, rushing. You you hear stories, I think, about like everyone, Ellen, fucking Steve Harvey, yeah. um, like Jimmy Fallon, they all struggle, like just going every single day doing kind of the same exact thing. Yeah. It's probably great for a couple of years, but after that, I mean, that's a lot of fucking just doing the same thing. I know, it's almost like a job. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> People are supposed to be better than us. Yeah, I might as well be yeah. a crab fisherman at that point. Can you hand, can you handle Jimmy Fallon? Can you watch it? Or? Um, at, uh, once I figured out he was a coke and uh, like a drug addict, <laughs> and alcohol fiend, I'm like, okay, he's a little more relatable now. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. That's more interesting to me. I want to see like the the behind the scenes Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Well, I saw. I think what he does is he he does whatever he does, alcohol probably, and. Goes to clubs in Manhattan and then makes a spectacle of himself. There's a, <laughs> he was at a, there's a famous club called the Brooklyn Bowl. Have you heard yeah. of this place? Brooklyn Bowl. They got one in Vegas and then one in uh, the UK. Uh, Pete Shapiro, this, why do I know so much about this? But I, I, you know a lot about the Brooklyn Bowl. I know a lot about the Brooklyn Bowl because it's part of the jam band scene and I have a lot of, anyway. So uh, there was a Grateful Dead cover band like one month ago and Fallon shows up and he gets on stage and he sings with them. And it's, it's terrible. I mean, it's like, you're like, this guy's a complete douchebag. But yeah. like you're saying, not only is it a grind to do it every single day, because we all do that in our jobs, whatever sure. the job is, yeah. but you're under the microscope. Your life mm -hmm. is an open book. Like everything you do, everyone knows you can't slip up. You can't. Absolutely. Gap. You can't fall. You can't fart in public. No, no, you're 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 living in a closet forever. Yeah, a closet everybody can see. Oh, for sure. It's like a closet with security cams in. You're uh, you're living in a Pope mobile. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Where's the? Po I thought the ah uh, the fucking Pope. I don't know. <laughs> so DNA. So this is the hell. So we we give advice on this podcast. Oh, really? You, you usually. Huh. What's the what? name of this podcast? It's the Hell Yeah Podcast. Oh, the Hell Yeah. Hell Yeah. It's the Hell Yeah Podcast. Okay. Uh, what kind of advice do you give? Like, what kind of, like, do you have a solid piece of advice that you kind of find yourself giving uh, often? Um, no, I mean, I, here's my, here's my thing that I've come to realize. Nobody gave, nobody gave me advice growing up. Like, uh, if famous classic DNA story, 
never gets the laugh it deserves. But when I was 12, my dad gave me the birds and bees speech. He came into my room and he goes, son, there's one good thing in every woman, my penis. <laughs> then he walked out, he walked out of the room. So that means more to me, I think, than the audience. But uh, I never got advice. Yeah, and, was and, your dad Don Rickles? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was I I was the fourth of four. The third one was so much trouble that by the time I was born, he's just like like raise yourself. And uh, he loved bust New Jersey. He loved busting balls uh, and making yeah for anyone the brunt of a joke. <laughs> loved it. So you're like no one gets any advice. I don't have any advice. I don't get any guidance. And then I went to go see my actual guidance counselor in 12th grade because I was just, I was failing gym. Yeah. I wasn't going to graduate. And uh, he, and I, I told him what I'm interested in. And he, he basically did. He's like fucking just, he, he fucking just didn't support me at all. I'm, I'm still mad. It didn't support me at all. But then he goes, well, you know, you could just take the GED. And I was like, what's that? He's like, oh, you don't even have to be, you don't even have to go to high school. I'm like, when could I have started doing that? He's like ninth grade. I'm like, you fucking asshole. Damn, what a dick. And even my graduate advisor in college yeah. uh, in graduate school didn't give me. So I always felt like I, as I got older, what I would like to do is give other people opportunities, but not so much advice. Okay. And I think, that's what, I think that's what I do. I think I give people opportunities. I think I, whether it's creating a stage or a concert series or whatever the fuck, a newspaper or whatever it is I do, mm -hmm. giving people opportunities to be part of something. Um, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Advice, I just try, I, you know, no. I will tell people when they're totally fucking up that they need to pull their shit together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I only tell them that because that's the beginning of my breakup conversation. Where it's you like, know, you can pull your shit together. If you can't pull your shit together, I, I, think, you know, I can't be around you. A little DNA story. Uh, I think in my experience, one of the yeah. first times, maybe the second time I met you, we're at the Blue Lagoon. You didn't really know me. I think I came up with some other comics. And I think you asked me, are you the comic who says terrible things about women? And I'm like, I don't think so, but maybe I do. And maybe I need to really look into what I'm saying on stage. Yeah. And I think I'm a better comic for it. I don't think I was necessarily an awful person, but maybe I was, you know? Here's, here's my, here's the, here's, here's my advice I give to people sometimes at shows all the time at the Blue Lagoon, not so much with the ticket to shows because I'm yeah. working with like more professional comedians, but even Absolutely. they do it too. And I have to, I have to always say it, which is this, don't, don't fucking say, give it up for DNA. Don't say, let's bring back DNA. <laughs> I'm the host. I do the host things. Absolutely. I say, here's Mike. And then Mike comes up. And when Mike's done, he goes, thank you. He doesn't say, let's bring DNA back. Because I'm the host. The host brings the comedians up and off. You're Absolutely. a comedian. Just end your fucking set. Thank you. <laughs> good night. Yeah. Find me on Instagram. Yeah. Drink and drive. Have a good yeah. night. Whatever. The f just don't fucking go. Uh, okay. Well, let's uh, let's give it up again for DNA. Like you're not the host. I, I have to yeah. say that so many times. And I understand. You know, comedy is an organic thing, and it grows and it no. evolves. But it's like that. That that's my advice. I because it, it's a it's a peeve. Yeah, that's huge. I don't like when people say, uh, that's my time. I don't yeah, know why. I don't like, yeah, that's my, well, I only have a couple minutes left. So uh, like what, people yeah. already, let's make them laugh. Yeah, them saying it before the last joke. Well, I've got time for one more joke. Like, <laughs> ah, you son of a bitch. And I, there's, you know, and the, the, I have theory behind my advice, which is I'm the host. So I'm going to be on stage at the beginning and the end and like five times in the middle. Yeah, I have, I've timed it. My face is acceptable for like 12 to 15 minutes. <laughs> After 15 minutes, people are like, no more. Too so much. You don't want to wear, don't wear me out. Don't wear out my welcome. I'm the yeah. host. Just let me do my hosty things. You, you're a comedian. You do your comedian things. Absolutely. One of my pride and joys of being like a host, because I, I run the show in Petaluma, is not doing time between other people's set. That is huge. Yeah. It's, if you look at 
the mechanics of the show, you look at the integrity of the show, you mm -hmm. take out all the emotion and whatever. It's about building tension. Mm -hmm. That's why you, you know, I saw a thing on Bacon recently about uh, someone who was saying about don't don't have intermissions. It kills the show. Yeah. And somebody, somebody was like, yeah, but I mean, that's a great time for the venue to sell more product. I, I would rather never have an intermission, but I get it if you have to have an intermission. For sure. Um, but um, so there are uh, caveats and exceptions on it, the way a show is produced. Absolutely. You, Where you it is, is it a ticketed want, show? Is it free? It like, you know, like you leave the stage and I'm like, keep that energy going for your next Absolutely. comedian, you know. Um, it's so much about momentum and yeah. kind of building that into your headliner who yeah. just brings it home. Right. I mean, on a showcase, each comedian's job is to make the audience laugh, but also to set the place for the next comedian. Absolutely. Yeah. Because if you kill that momentum, the next yeah. comic is going to have to work way harder trying to build them back up. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I mean, they, I don't think it's ever really talked about that comedy is a team sport. Like, I know improv is a team sport. It's no, it's not a sport. <laughs> yeah. And I don't really call it a team because I've seen improv. But like the community, <laughs> but but the community, the, a, a comedy show, the community of a comedy show is everyone is part of one thing. But we're all such lone wolves for sure field that we don't see how we are actually working together for a greater good of a show. Everyone's, How we're connecting. Everyone's so like tunnel vision on their set and what they're doing. And I, I get it. But uh, if you take a step back, we're all working for the same goal. Okay, as far as advice goes, I used to give advice as like, you know, write a punchline. Like that would be some good advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, there's different kinds of comedy. And so not all comedies set up punch. I mean, there's, there's story-driven comedy where there's laughs all within it. And it doesn't really have a big punchline at the end. For sure. Um, and that's totally fine. But there needs to be some sort of like ratio. And I don't know what the Seinfeld had the ratio. It was a, it was like a, a laugh every like five yeah. seconds or something. Was it five seconds? I think it was quick. It was maybe, oh, really? maybe for Seinfeld, maybe it was like 30 seconds. Yeah. So 30 seconds. Okay. But like I see people doing like two minutes of exposition on a story to get around to something funny and it's like we don't have that kind of time you gotta trim down the fat you're gonna yeah. lose a lot of interest yeah because you're you're taking away from what the greater hall of the show could be absolutely um i know you gotta head out pretty soon yeah. do we have time for we have people who, who write in or we take questions off of reddit <laughs> wait so, yeah sure okay yeah what the what the people say so we have so this person needs advice uh the gym I'm leaving wants to see proof that I'm uh, leaving the country. I live in Australia and I'm in a gym that I hate so much. It's so depressing and dirty. Today they rang me about asking uh, how I was going. And I haven't gone in a while. And I stupidly said that I was moving out of the country. So I was going to be leaving the gym. And then she said, in order to leave the gym, I have to show them my plane tickets is that allowed slash legal? Is that real? As supposedly, yes. When there's one Reddit in Australia. Um, yeah, right. For certain people like me, the hardest part of joining a gym is leaving the gym. It's built <laughs> into joining it. But I have to think about what's going to be like when I want to try to get out of this contract. Yeah. And it's very timesharey. You know, it's like, you have to go in and they have to give you the tour and you, mm -hmm. you like, you know, they're really talking about like, uh, you know, uh, to go back to like, uh, you know, the positive, the trying to have the positivity mm -hmm. and forward thinking on what's going to happen in the world. They really isolated to you and your body. Like you're going to get healthier. You're going to feel better about yourself. But they you also know. got to loop it into their setup of their gym. So like the way we put our stairmasters really will optimize your growth to make yeah. you not only better as a person but make your calves really pop <laughs> yeah and then they get and then since i suck at math then they get into this whole like you know it's 32 bucks a month but if you sign for six months you're saving 18 dollars one year yeah. you know you're 122 you can't afford not to do the five-year plan or whatever the fuck yeah. and, and then, then two like months we'll charge you an extra 50 dollars on top of that <laughs> that's just you know extra fees and then it's always a lot of documents you sign with them 
Because I mm-hmm. think there's like waivers on responsibility if you get hurt or not like that. Never read any of, of it. Sign a bunch of shit. So the last one I went to and did this, and I've done this like a lot. Uh, <laughs> I call up, I'm like, hey, I like to cancel my gym membership. And they're like, you have to come down. Like, you can't do it over the phone. You have to come down. Because it's like Scientology. They want to yeah. lock eyes with you and put you close the door. You're always like, you're the manager, but this office is so small. Why? Yeah. They're they're like, like, where where was this room mental, before? Mental advantage. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, they're always, the managers always fit, you know? So they're sitting with their fucking guns. Oh, for you know, sure. Looking at, going through your paperwork. And the they have a that, mug that says world's fittest boss on it. Oh, yeah. It's very, you know, there is like boxes of open power bars in the office. And you're like, is this really an off? This is like an intimidation room. Yeah. Is it a protein milkshake mustache you have? <laughs> uh, and he goes, uh, let me see. He goes, he goes, let me, let me, let me see. Uh, let me see. Let me see. So you've never come here. He goes, you've never, you've never come. I'm like, correct. I go, I've never come. I'm not going to. And I want to just get out of my contract. And he's like, don't you care about your body? <laughs> <laughs> like it was like, like I said, like a science, like cult, very cult. Gyms are very cultish. No, for sure. Um, and uh, it was very hard to get out of. Um, I tend to think those contracts are pretty ironclad but they don't want negative publicity and the hassle of like a local community member being upset so they will and i think they charge you you end up paying money to leave oh absolutely um to break your contract so i don't know i would i would like take i would green screen pictures of me in front of the eiffel tower (laughs) or the grand canyon and just send them those photos Get the pictures. World traveling now. Yeah, we're traveling. I don't know. It seems like may you know. I think anything could be written into a contract, and I think that it might actually they have might have a legal standing on that. But the fact is, you know, I would just. I mean, they, I wonder if this person actually is moving out of the country, or that was the that. Oh, I think it was just a lie. So out of the wheel of responses they could have come up with, that's the one they came up with. I <laughs> yeah. think that's on you. I think that's a weak. Become I mean, I a better liar. I would have been like, listen, I have COVID all the time. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have irritable long, bowel long, syndrome. I'm a long hauler. Yeah. Um, and so do you want me to spread COVID in the gym? And, and no one's going to say yes to that. And then also, Nobody. I think well, you always like when you have that talk with the uh, gym manager, like, you go, I'm going to record this conversation. Like you just, you intimidate them. You have to reverse the intimidation tactics. When Absolutely. Wear, wear a dry fit t-shirt and then like a wife beater shirt over it. <laughs> Don't wear any pants. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wear a Bowie knife on your hip. <laughs> well, it's Australia. I think yeah. everyone is a mandatory Bowie knife. <laughs> For sure. That's not a knife. This yeah. is a Walkman. It's playing Looney Tunes, sing the Beatles. <laughs> you just bring in like your, uh, you bring in your kangaroo. He's wearing all Adidas. Yeah, yeah. A full-on tracksuit. Stands behind you. Yeah. Three stripes for life. <laughs> Kangaroos are aggressive. Watch. You got to watch out for those kangaroos. Yeah, but they, they can become a better liar. For sure. Well, I've seen uh, some uh, uh, when I'm not watching ma- magic videos on Instagram and TikTok, there are some really good ones of people fighting kangaroos. Oh, and like, dude, some of these kangaroos, dude, they are so ripped. I mean, they're like, like if, if, that, if that guy <laughs> at the gym was like, well, what what do you see your body looking like? I'd bring up a picture of that kangaroo. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. like tough, man, fucking wiry, but so strong. Oh, their oh. chest is huge. They're like lifting yeah. engines in the wild. Yeah, and they're on, I mean, buff. Those, they're really in shape, those kangaroos. If, if I went into a gym office to get out of my membership and a full-grown jacked kangaroo was sitting at the, asking when I was leaving, <laughs> I couldn't. I'd stay. <laughs> in New Jersey, they have this kangaroo zip exhibit at the zoo near me. Yeah. And the fences are really low. Like, their fences are like two feet high. So I said to the guy at the New Jersey Zoo, I'm like, how do you keep these uh, kangaroos in the pen? He's like, we break their legs. 
oh shit what are you fucking tony sopranos running the zoo <laughs> it's yeah the soprano zoo everything in new jersey is like that it's all let me tell you these these tigers they're gonna put on a show i guarantee you <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, no lazy animals in my pens. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, there's a guy in the lion cage. Oh, yeah, it's Vinny. He didn't pay back uh, Tony. Uh, yeah, he was falling behind on the vig. <laughs> wait, yeah. so hell, so wait, just to wrap up, hell yeah. It's it the hell yeah podcast. Hell yeah podcast. And it's about advice. It's usually about advice. We kind of ripped and we had, you know, we yeah, yeah. went and talked about whatever. Like we have a whole bunch, I have three pages of people writing in for advice. Oh, and yeah. we give advice to people. I got a couple of minutes. Hit me, hit me with one more. Okay, one more. So I'm a 58-year-old, never married woman with a 22-year tw- uh, blue-collar career. Whoa. I own a home and will wow. tire with benefits uh, many people only dream of. I've recently ended a relationship with a man I've known since childhood. I truly love him. The Mm. problem is that he had been stealing from me. I confronted him several times, but finally had to involve the police. Now he has flattened my tires and repeatedly dented my cars. Piece of shit. My question is this. Is there more than one right person for everyone? And how long will it take me to recover from a broken heart, if ever? And will his vandalism and my huge financial loss keep me away from this whack job? How well do you really know anyone? Wow, there's a lot of questions packed into that one. Absolutely. There's a lot of things in there. First of all, is there more more than one? This lady hasn't even had one. This guy's (laughs) a piece of shit. And he's a fucking loser, dude. He's been using you the entire time. And Absolutely. You, you, need, you need to immediately, immediately get the restraining order on him. Um, because I just learned about this recently. What guys like that do, they do the reverse restraining order. So they put the restraining order on you. I've seen, I just saw it happen. And I'm like, but the woman's the victim. And now she's the one out on the fucking street. That wouldn't happen to this lady. She has like a bank account and stuff like that. Yeah, but financial see. loss. What are you talking about? You have insurance on your car that's yeah, gonna, yeah. You know, you're gonna pay some premium or something like that that's doesn't make any sense at all uh <laughs> 58 years old i mean that's my age like i uh i you know i look post-world war ii we live in a youth culture like everything's about youth but you know what equals the playing field even as a playing field is the end of the world like if this fuck <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why no one could think of anything positive is because the ocean is going to rise 30 feet in the next five years and mass yeah. exodus of the people, the coastlines are going to go all in, you know, to Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is where the new Bob Dylan Museum is, which would be kind For of For cool. sure. Where else are I going to be fucking scared of Dennis Hopper on the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so what I'm saying, though, is it's like, it's very age is very relative like mm-hmm. if you think you're old at 21 you're old like you're you know you've already you've stopped you've growing. decided and once you stop growing you put the cap on the fucking uh head and you no longer have any uh ability to evolve absolutely so i think you take away from this equation that that she's 58 what well, i mean at it never gets easier to find a compatible person to be with because how do we do it especially in the quarantine age where do you find you just from work from the gym join eHarmony yeah from online dating yeah that's where you go to find your person um is there more than one I think you're lucky if you get one it's all about cohabitation who can you stand it doesn't seem like this guy is the one or a one he's 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 a one he's he's a manipulative one yeah he's that this is not a good no i'm so tired of like fucking douchebag dudes they're out there i thought there's gonna be more after that but you're right douchebag dude says it perfectly enough they're out there i'm over it man i'm really like i we were thinking about moving to a small town recently because we'd be able to afford uh to live there instead of santa cruz and I'm like, I'd be dead in a month because I run my mouth. 
And if I was in, I mean, I, I live where I am right now. I'm surrounded by Trumpians, but they're really decent people. And we never talk politics and they're yeah, never yeah. in my face about it. But if I was in a small town where people just yap it fucking up all the time about mm -hmm. their stupid belief systems, I would, I would be a martyr. I would, I would take one for the team uh, because I, I just can't handle it. Guy, you know, guys are like, oh, you know, I wish there was aliens. I wish there was some other uh, civilization I could learn to communicate with. Well, let's start with women. Like they're already here. Like, yeah. why don't you learn how to talk to someone who's different than you in multiple ways? That's already uh, here. And see how that goes before we go to like something interstellar. <laughs> you know, baby steps here, whatever the fucks, Nordic, <laughs> Nordic aliens, yeah, baby steps, one step <laughs> at a time. The guy at alien cons, you go see those two, those two tall, good looking women over there. I'm like, yeah, he's like Nordic aliens. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I can't talk to him is because we don't speak the same language. <laughs> They're not from this planet. Um, <laughs> it's not because I'm nervous about talking to women. That's not the problem at all. I mean, I think that, you know, uh, garbage in, garbage out. I think that, you know, if you're always filling your head with all this violence and negative shit, it's hard to uh, generate something positive. But, um, you know, if I have advice for hell, yeah, man, uh, is just to uh, learn to be kind to yourself and to others. And um, I think that's our only way through this fucking labyrinth that we're going through right now. That's absolutely perfect. That was going to be the ending question. If you have any advice, what advice would you give to me? And I think that's it right there. Yeah, yeah. Be so kind, Dan, guys. Try it. Kind eyes, huge. <laughs> kind, kind guys and kind eyes. So, yeah. DNA, thanks you so yeah. much for fucking coming thanks, on. Mike. I know you hate Zoom, so I appreciate yeah. you coming on. Yeah. Um, is there anything I, you wanna... zoom, I zoom like nobody's watching? <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there anything you want to plug? Anything you want to? Uh, no, I'm not sure if you want to follow me on uh, I'm uh, at v at vote DNA, V O T E DNA, at vote DNA on TikTok. <laughs> yes. Watch my dog videos. Beautiful. Yeah. Ah, fuck yeah, DNA. This is the Hell Yeah podcast. Dude, thank you very much. Yeah, and I know it ain't right, and I know it ain't right, and I know you shouldn't take this advice, but make sure you're really drunk when you drive and walk on some glass with no shoes on and don't pay for your meal, dining dash.